Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome. Welcome to Fearless with Jason Whitlock. I am Jason Whitlock, your host. Uh, thank you for joining me. Uh, happy Monday to you and yours. I hope you survived the weekend. I did. I actually went out a little this weekend. Uh, my man Butter, uh, we had a couple drinks and uh, hung out for a little bit. Uh, had a good productive weekend in the gym, the whole nine. And so I'm refreshed and ready uh, to bring you guys a great week of shows. And man, do we have a great one uh, to start today out with. I'm gonna start an enormous fire, but even better than that, I gotta say, uh, the studio has never looked better than it did today, than it does today. I mean, <laughs> look how good I look. And we have two great uh, guests here, Shamika Michelle, First Lady of the Fearless Army, and first time visitor to the show, Jill Savage, a, a longtime sports reporter, broadcaster, who's now pivoting into the political lane. And I, I have these uh, ladies in studio because we're gonna talk about what is a woman. If you are not aware, Matt Walsh's uh, documentary, What is a Woman, uh, was released uh, last week on June the 1st. And I've watched it twice now. I think I watched it on Friday. And then I watched it again uh, Sunday afternoon, and I think it's a compelling, important uh, documentary that I wanted to talk about. And if we're gonna sit around and debate what is a woman, you gotta have a couple of women uh, participate in a debate and get their expertise on that. But uh, we're also gonna tap into our fearless soldiers as well. Uh, Delano Squires uh, will be here with his thoughts uh, on it as will uh, Dave Shannon, the Idaho potato, Chocolate Knox. Uh, he'll, he'll round out the show. Uh, so without further ado, uh, let me start a fire. Let me get the conversation going. Shamika, you, you know what's about to happen. I hope you have some fire retardant clothes on, Jill, because uh, it's about to get hot in here. Uh, who, who was that, that Nellie hiding here? Did I, my yes. wife? My uh -huh. wife Shemika, I know you're an expert <laughs> on that. Anyway, uh, ladies, uh, buckle up. <clears throat> Over the course of 90 plus minutes, Matt Walsh's captivating and important documentary, What is a Woman, never mentions God. It's the equivalent of exploring the truth regarding Tom Brady's NFL career without referencing Bill Belichick. It's a glaring and telling omission that damns American clergy far more than Walsh, a courageous, faith-inspired public intellectual, and his provocative documentary that explores how and why the question, what is a woman, became loaded and controversial. Walsh frames his documentary as a search for truth. Based on his finished product, his hunt for the truth never led him to a church 
or force one of his interview subjects to reference God, Jesus, or the Bible. Walsh's film is worldly. It fights a spiritual war on secular terms. This is likely a choice made by Walsh and his Daily Wire collaborators. I reached out to Matt uh, yesterday via text and he wrote me back. I asked him the question, why no God? Uh, we didn't want the film to be a theological debate or to present the issue as though you have to be religious to disagree with gender ideology. Sunday, uh, Sunday after, uh, that's the approach the left would have wanted us to take. Our fundamental goal was to reveal the irrationality and absurdity of gender ideology. The left and corporate media have demonized evangelicals, particularly white ones, to the point that Christians have publicly de-emphasized their faith. It's a trap. The left intentionally makes arguments devoid of logic, facts, and reason so that conservatives foolishly believe they can win public debates without ever invoking the ultimate authority. It's a political rope-a-dope that baits the left's opponents to flail away at a soft decoy target while never landing a real blow on a crucial issue. The left love heated arguments over pronouns, pregnant men, the treatment of unarmed resisting black criminal suspects, and racist, sexist, homophobic microaggressions. The, those disputes distract Americans from assessing the damage caused by the 60-year systemic attack on the nuclear family, the foundational element of religious faith. We're debating what a woman is when we should be asking why the left keeps promoting pointless, divisive debates. Walsh's documentary ends with his wife providing the simple answer the alleged therapists, social scientists, doctors, and professors evaded throughout the film. A woman is an adult female. It was a clever ending. It's not a powerful one. Before I go on, let me state that The Daily Wire, Matt Walsh, Ben Shapiro, Jeremy Boring, Candace Owens, Michael Knowles, and Andrew Clavin have no bigger supporter and fan than yours truly. They have aggressively engaged in the political culture war. My problem is that war is controlled, defined, and graded by the secular industries, the media, entertainment and technology, and institutions, academia and, po and politics that are the sworn enemy of evangelicals' best soldier, Jesus Christ. That war is Vietnam. It's fought on unwinnable terms for believers. It forbids use of nuclear weapons, prayer, the Holy Spirit, and the gospel. The war we can win is spiritual. If we win that war, the proper politics will fall into place because the culture will demand it. The U.S. Constitution is misunderstood and reviled today for the same reason gender has been expanded to include the whims of individual feelings and emotions. America abandoned a biblical worldview. God created the man-woman binary. It's in the Bible. It's not up for debate. The confusion over this issue is man-made and satanic. That needed to be stated clearly and concisely in what is a woman. Dr. Marcy Bowers, America's most prolific transgender surgeon, inadvertently references the satanic origin 
of transgenderism within the first 10 minutes of the documentary. Take a listen for yourself. We're altering the physical characteristics of the individual to, to fit better with a gender identity that, that is female. This is all constructed from the penis? Yes, that's right. The surgeries are quite refined in the sense that they really, not only do they look like female anatomy, but they also function that way, for the most part. I mean, certainly it's a bit of a Faustian bargain. You know, it's not perfect. A Faustian bargain means a deal with the devil, a trade of the soul for worldly favor. Bowers is an expert in this exchange. He personally made the trade to live his truth as a woman. 50 minutes into the doc, Walsh and a female psychiatrist, Miriam Grossman, explained that Americans, America's gender dysphoria is owed to two wicked men, Alfred Kinsey and John Money. Kinsey is a celebrated American biologist. He founded the Kinsey Institute for Research in Sex, Gender, and Reproduction at Indiana University. He wrote two infamous books, Sexual Behavior in the Human Male and Sexual Behavior in the Human Female. He's the founding father for normalizing human perversion. He was an atheist. He was bisexual. Listen to uh, Grossman as she explains what his real agenda was. He wanted to rid society of Judeo-Christian values when it came to sexuality. And he worked very hard to do that, and I would say he succeeded. John Money is a celebrated psychologist. He invented the concepts of gender identity, gender roles, and sexual orientation. He was a pioneer in advocating sexual reassignment. He fought to normalize pedophilia. He argued that boys as young as 10 could engage in consensual sex with men in their 20s and 30s. Money is a founding father of transgenderism. The gender dysphoria movement is rooted in hostility to religious faith. It's satanic. Religious faith is rooted in respect for, acceptance, and pursuit of truth. The absence of God signifies an absence of truth. Hostility to faith signifies a hostility toward God. Walsh told a University of Tennessee professor that he wanted to get at the truth, and the response from the professor was crazy. I'm really uncomfortable with that language of, like, getting to the truth. Dr. Patrick Gazanka responded, it sounds deeply transphobic to me. You keep invoking the word which is condescending and rude. The truth is now condescending and rude. The war on truth is spiritual. There's zero advantage to avoiding the spiritual aspects of this whole debate. I thoroughly enjoyed Walsh's documentary. It's compelling. I desperately wanted him to frame the debate in the proper context. That context is, Atheists want to eradicate the remaining biblical principles that define the United States of America. The globalists cannot impose a new world order founded on Marxism and communism, the political theory opposed to religion and the economic system opposed to individual freedom and property ownership without getting America to submit. Corporate media calls that explanation a conspiracy. 
Anyone with a layman's understanding of Christianity would call it the gospel truth according to scripture. It's good versus evil. It's God versus Satan. It's the oldest, most compelling historical narrative in the history of the planet. Everything that is good and just about America is derived from the biblically inspired words in our founding documents. Quote, we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator, the creator he's talking about is God, with inalienable rights that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. America, the way the founders designed it, will not work as a secular society detached from morality. John Adams said that more than 200 years ago. The enemies of America believe Adams. American Christians, by and large, don't. Our faith is an American luxury item. Our political identity is a necessity as vital as air and water. The left promote gender fluidity, sexual promiscuity, and general immorality as tools to detach Americans from religion, truth, and righteousness. They teach gender and sexuality to kindergartners, host drag queen story hours at libraries, and celebrate Pride Month as a means to groom children and parents. Check out this video. I think we got this video from Dallas of, this is like a bring your kids to a drag queen dance off at an adult nightclub. This went on this weekend. Little kids are there. This is at a bar at a nightclub in Dallas with the police outside standing guard at the bar. That's what's going on in America during Pride Month. The grooming of little kids at Pride Month. That's a little kid tucking dollars in a male drag king, queen, whatever it is, G-string, with adults looking on smiling. The parent of a transgender or gay child is more likely to second guess biblical truth than the parent of a straight one. The LGBTQ plus movement is the real replacement theory. Democrats are rebuilding their base back better with puberty blockers and chemical castrations. Republicans will bend to those political winds. It's the nature of politics. Only God can save us from the madness what is a woman exposes. The documentary put the wrong people in the crosshairs. Christians, most especially ministers, need to be shamed, embarrassed, and ridiculed. Our churches and leaders, the institutions and the people that reflect our collective will, bow to politics in the social media matrix far more than truth. We allow them to choose political allies rather than spiritual ones. We allow them to choose racial idolatry rather than kingdom building. We no longer believe in the power of the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. Before we answer what is a woman, we need to relearn the meaning of Christian. That fundamental understanding will directly lead to a reckoning for the ministers who, who have cut their own Faustian bargains, transitioning from called disciples to political activists. Mm. That may be my favorite fire of all time. Jill, you picked a good day to show up.
Lord have mercy. I, I, th that documentary, What is a Woman, caused me to think deeply and to ponder like, what is going on in America? And, and why are we combating these obviously satanic, demonic forces without using God as our weapon? There's no, if you watch the documentary, there's no way to deny that this other side, this grooming of kids, this promotion of LGBTQ, this promotion of transgenderism, it's argued by the doctor who gives the most trans transition surgeries. She called it a Faustian bargain. Uh, it's argued by the people on the other side, the Miriam Grossman, who's on the other side and actually a rational thinking person, they point you directly to the two men who are responsible for all the gender dysphoria that is popular in America. These were satanic atheists who wanted to disrupt Judeo-Christian values. One of them wanted to normalize pedophilia. I've been saying for a solid 10 years, they're going to legalize pedophilia in my lifetime. It's on the way. And when I say it, people get all upset and blah, blah, but it's, it's a slippery slope, this slope we're going down. And, and it's anybody that opens their eyes can see where this is headed and where it's always been headed. None of this is by mistake. If you go look at the founding documents of this movement and who the founders were and what their agenda was and what they argued in their prime, in their heyday when they were alive and relevant. It was all about free will as it relates to sexuality and normalizing any and everything. There, I, I even, there's so much crazy stuff in this documentary. The wolf lady, the trans, and I, I, I don't know if she's a lady or not. He transitioned to a woman, but also identifies as a wolf. We're normalizing that. Before I get to uh, Shamika and Jill, I want to take care of some business, and, and then we're going to broaden the conversation, bring the ladies into the conversation. Uh, but first, with Father's Day coming up and all the summer events and holidays on the horizon, this is the perfect time to try a box of Good Ranchers. If you're looking to surprise your father, grandfather, father-in-law, husband, this is a no-brainer. Even if you're looking to surprise your baby daddy. Good Ranchers is the, t is the place to get American beef, chicken, and seafood this summer. They sell 100% American meat and ship it right to your door. And right now, they're giving away two free 18-ounce prime center-cut ribeyes to every person that uses my code, FEARLESS. That's over two pounds of prime ribeye steaks just added to your order at no cost. With Father's Day almost here and summer stretching out before us, What's not to love? This is not the time to wait. Claim your ribeyes today before they run out. This is a limited stock item, first come, first serve, and you want to be first when it comes to good ranches. They deliver the best of American farms and ranches to your door. Make sure you take time today, right now, and go to goodranchers.com fearless, or use my code fearless at checkout to get your two free 
18 ounce ribeyes. Start the summer off right with good ranchers, American meat delivered, be a good soldier, feed your army, your personal army, good ranchers. It's a great thing to do. Good ranchers believes in you, your values, and your way of American life. All right, let's bring the uh, ladies into the conversation. Shamika, as the first lady of the Fearless Army, we'll start with you. Uh, did Matt Walsh, did he err in leaving God out of his documentary? I'm not sure if I feel that way, Jason, simply because there's a couple reasons. One, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, and I'm trying to figure out what purpose would it have served to the people that he, were, he was actually talking to. Because in, in 2 Timothy, it says that, it, you know, a time will come when people won't endure sound doctrine. Obviously, he was talking to unbelievers, at least that's what it appeared to me. Now, if he, were t he was talking to believers, then I feel like it should have came up in the conversation. But talking to unbelievers, I'm not exactly sure what would have come of that. If it would have been just an, a debate or a fight that would have taken away from what he was actually trying to do. But I agree with you when you said that Christians need to be held accountable. Like we don't even know what it means to be a Christian or, you know, what is a Christian? What is God? I do agree with that. But in talking to non-believers, I feel like they would just disregard the entire argument because they don't believe anyway. And we can't make them believe. Here would be my thought. And it's like the purpose of this show. Mm -hmm. I'm not talking to non-believers. Mm -hmm. I'm talking to believers. Right. That's where I think the actual value and upside is because believers are acting like non-believers. That's why we're in this mess. Mm -hmm. And so if we don't raise up believers, nothing. The non-believer, we have no shot at them because the non-believers are looking at the believers. <laughs> Y'all co-signing the same thing we are. The churches are bowing to this. You're being, your ministers talking about being inclusive and welcoming and blah, blah, blah. And so the, the non-believers, if you don't raise up the believers and inspire, challenge them and put them in the crosshairs and force them to act properly, you have no shot. That's why I think his target is wrong. The people that need to be shaken mm -hmm. are us. Jill? Leave it to me to come on my first show here and disagree with Jason <laughs> right off the start and, and agree with you because I think that what this does is it allows us to start the conversation. We haven't been able to have this conversation yet out in the open without immediately being shot down. To me, I'm with you. This is this is not a conversation starter for just believers, but to look at it as a whole. We could take this into our schools if they will let you. You can have a community watch with your church, your Bible study. It's it's a place to begin. It's not the end in my opinion of this conversation. This isn't where it ultimately is is led to finish, but rather just that starting point and I think that he brings up so many good talking points for people to actually go out in their communities to start conversations with, are you actually being a loving, you know, if we want to have this here, a Christian, 
because affirming something that we know not to be true mm -hmm. is false. And this is why they gave you the argument to go out there and almost in a stealth way say, hey, like these are the cracked doors that you can begin to push down. And so have you got do you guys follow Matt Walsh on social media? Yes. Yes. He keeps repeating and other people at the Daily Wire keep repeating. Uh, those of you criticizing me haven't even watched the documentary. He keeps this audience that y'all think he's reaching, mm -hmm. he's acknowledging over social media, they're not even watching. And so, again, if, if we continue to allow the left and the atheists to define the rules of engagement, the terms of engagement, the conversation, and that's what's, it's all a reaction to well, this is the way the left has framed the argument, so let's, let's package it in a way that appeals to them. The truth doesn't appeal to them. <laughs> so I'm just, and, and, if, and why should it? Because it appears less appealing to those of us that are believers. And so I, the, the, I, I just strategically, I just completely disagree with targeting non-believers uh and and i'll i'll even personalize it it's like uh and i've talked about this on the show obviously i have struggled with gluttony mm -hmm. and and the only solution has been the only thing that's worked for me is to tap into my faith and the bible and 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 what scripture says about gluttony to motivate me to finally address this in a consistent, long way. And, and so if, if the left and, and the non-believers are all trying to normalize gluttony. Shamika, you sent me this weekend uh, the commercial with the, the 280 pound woman that, that yes. in a fitness commercial. <laughs> and, and, and it's like they're trying to normalize. This is what healthy looks like. And, and so when, when people are that hostile to truth, the only way to get them to change is if we change and they look over jealously at us mm -hmm. and, and say, man, they've embraced truth. Look how it's working for them. And so I, I get the like the whole gist of this show, Shamika, is to try. And that's why I, I platform uh, yourself. But but uh, Dave Shannon and Delano is I'm trying to send a bat signal out to people that say they have belief. And like, if you embrace these family values, mm -hmm. if you respect the covenant you've made with your wife in front of God and, and marriage and all that, look at all these benefits that come from that. And so if, if those of us that are believers actually commit to the scripture and stand on it, we will be such a bright, shining light that the non-believers, out of just pure jealousy and envy, keep it up with the Joneses. They go, what are those guys doing? I need some of that. That's what we're missing. I think if he did that, he would have had to get rid of everybody that he interviewed. 
No. To me, because he's not, okay, he wasn't talking to believers. Like he talked to the, the psychiatrist, he talked to the doctor. None of them said to me, I'm a believer. So if he would have had that conversation with them, I just feel mm -hmm. like it would have fell oh, on, on okay. bad ground right. with them. You're, I'm not properly explaining what I think should have happened. And, and, and to me, the first 50 minutes, 60, I probably wouldn't have changed anything. Mm -hmm. When they pivoted it to Jordan Peterson, which I had no problem with Jordan Peterson, but I would have much rather if he could have arranged it. I'd have loved to have seen him sitting in front of T.D. Jakes. I would have loved to have seen him sitting in front of Joel Olstein. Mm -hmm. I would have loved to have seen him sitting in front of Mike Todd, the minister I like. Just a few ministers. And some of them will sound woke and stupid. Mm -hmm. And others might sound like, no, you're right. We need to stick to scripture and blah, blah, blah. That, that's, I'm, I'm talking about. In addition to. In addition to 10, 15 more minutes of content that just let everybody know, like, you heard it out of their own mouth. Uh, the doctor that's done the most transgender surgery, she said it's a Faustian bargain. Mm -hmm. We just laid out who John Money and Alfred Kinsey are. This whole thing, this, this, just explain, like, because I don't think, we've moved so far away from Christianity, mm -hmm. I'm just telling you. Mm -hmm. I don't think we understand that the, the diminishing of the value of truth is an attack on God. We don't even understand that. And we need, in that documentary, 10, 15 minutes of content of ministers explaining that, or ministers arguing the other side about how we, yeah, we, and let's go, let them sound as idiotic as some of the other people sounded on that. Just point that out and so the Christians can say, well, here's a minister that, that gets it, mm -hmm. and here's an idiot that's selling mm -hmm. us out. And, and I just don't think the whole religious aspect, there, there was a, a Carl Truman, I think, was in it. He, he, they called him a theologian. He is an ordained minister, but not, he was in at the end. Uh, nothing he said had any kind of biblical reference. And again, the, the whole, I'm just saying, just like I just did it in 15 minutes or 12 minutes or whatever, they needed 12 minutes of content explaining why this is all transgender movement, the whole deal is all an attack. Again, it's just, what did you think of my explanation analysis that the promotion of the whole LGBT agenda is a way of pulling people away from truth, God, righteousness. I definitely agree with that. And when you say in addition to, then I'm like, yes, he could have done in addition to and went further and had that God conversation with people who claim to be believers. And that way people watching could have seen or heard something about God and the scriptures. So I definitely agree in addition to, because I do think that ministers especially have fallen. 
and they don't stick to the word. When I hear a lot of preachers, you know, doing doing their sermons, and I know you like Mike Todd. He's yeah. not really one of my favorites gotcha. mm-hmm. because I hear a lot of times they they do feel good messages, but I don't hear them a lot of times stick to scripture, and I hear them apologizing for God a lot. Well, the Bible says this, you know, maybe even if it's against homosexuality, but we should love all people. I don't think you have to apologize for God's word. I think you should drop it like it's hot and move on. So I do think when it comes to having that talk about Christianity and God, when we do talk to believers, we need to hold them accountable to to being soft and being weak and backing up from God's word. So I definitely see where you're coming from in addition to, yes. I was able to watch the backstage that they had an hour before they premiered What is a Woman on The Daily Wire, and they did have the biblical references that you are referring to. So while it's not in the movie itself, I think that it's great because we have this show. You're dedicating an entire show to it today. So we are so we are able to continue that conversation. But when you said the LBGT movement is pulling truth away from God, of course it is. That's the goal. That's the end goal is is how do we get in? Evil is like something that is trying to break people into smaller and smaller groups and make you easier to get a hold of, right? We don't want you in one big unified group. One sheep is much easier to get than the entire flock. When you look at the movement that they that they pervase, it's it's just a way to get the family broken up Mm -hmm. once again. It's so funny to me that gay men, men like men, lesbians, women like women, trans people, you can't call me a woman. You can't call me a man. Wait, but that that was half of your ideology from, you know, the last hundred years until about five minutes ago. You understood what a man was because you only liked men. You understood what a woman was. You only liked women. Mm -hmm. The bisexuals came, you know, like it, it was just another layer that they're adding on top of it because you can't just stop. Evil can't just sit and and sit back. It has to continue to attack. You look at, obviously, the welfare state breaking up the black family, the abortions. That's a lie. An abortion is a lie that they have to get you to believe that you're not killing a child. Right. We all know that you are. L, you know, the, the transgender. Oh, a man can become a woman. That is a lie. Mm-hmm. Every cell in your body has the DNA, mine has a woman, yours has a woman. If you try and change that, there will be problems forever. Um, Scott, the the woman that transitioned to a man, um, said, you know, I had a surgery with a 67% complication rate. I have so many problems. I'm probably going to die early. Affirming this is not helpful. It's mm. not Christian. It's not loving right. to do that. It, 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 it's just, it's everything that is opposite of what we should do, but people have been conditioned in their minds to say, I, I can't speak against you or I'll be mean, and right. I don't wanna be mean. Right. And so the, the other part of my argument is that 
it's like we're wasting time debating womanhood. It, it's all, it would be the same like, hey, I want to debate you of whether today is Monday or not. I ain't got time for that. It's Monday. Let's just move on. But and that's why I'm just if we're going to enter into the discussion that they want us to have. Hey, go ahead. Put a documentary together debating womanhood or expose blah, blah, blah. I, I feel if you don't explain it fully in terms of like, hey, this is an attack on God. This is an attack on biblical worldview and principles. And it leads to all these problems that the Bible spells out and anybody with a brain can see. And so I just feel like everything that they do is a distraction technique to mm -hmm. keep you from ever discussing the real issues. And, and again, the, the primary issue that's failing America to me is the attack on family. Every, every pathology, every problem we have in America is directly related to our failing family structures and the disruption of the nuclear family. And so I, I'm just, how, as, as women watching the documentary, did it ever cross your mind like, how is this even a debate? Why are we wasting our time debating womanhood? I don't need, I don't care what these blue haired experts say. I know what a woman, anyway, any of it feel like a waste of time? It didn't feel like a waste of time to me because I watched it with my youngest daughter. And so I felt like it gave her a look into what's really going on but because she doesn't see that. You don't hear that from me. You don't hear that foolishness uh, it, from me or the people that I hang around. But it gave her insight that, and she kept saying the entire time, these people are crazy. They are nuts, you know? And so I think it opened her eyes knowing that one day she's gonna leave my home. She's gonna be going into the world with people who actually think this. And I think it just starts the conversation as you were saying, so that we can have this talk and she can be ready to combat it when she actually faces it outside of the home. So it didn't feel like a waste of time for me because she saw it and was like, wow. That's great. That's yeah. really cool to see that, that they are understanding it as well. Um, but for me, it didn't feel like a waste of time either. And specifically, the, the moment for me was when the blue haired woman that says, do chickens cry? Oh, right? She was like the craziest <laughs> one out of all of them for me. But Matt Walsh at some point switches the conversation to a little bit more serious topics with her and they get on the puberty blockers, right? And she goes, oh, you can just pause puberty. It's like pausing a song and then you'll turn it back on. And he said, okay, uh, that, that drug, and he, he listed the specific name of the drug, I believe it was like Lupitor or whatever that was. Not, not Lup. Oh, Lin no, that's Lin 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 Linser, Linsasaur, yeah. something yeah. It starts with an L. Linsor, yes. <laughs> um, and you could see the change in her, in her at that moment because everything was fun and games for her until he said, isn't this what we do to chemically castrate pedophiles? Mm. And she was like, oh, oh, he, he gets it. He's, he's attacking me at the place where people, normal people are going to understand that this is really bad. So for me, that moment was so powerful. Mm. Well, that moves me to, who did you think dumbest, most evil subject? I mean, there were a lot of good candidates in there. 
uh, I don't know, who, any, anybody stand out to you in terms of stupidity? I think she did. When she went in all sincerity with the, do chickens have genders? Do they cry? Do they? I was like, she is serious. <laughs> but it was so crazy. I just couldn't believe she was really believing what she was saying. And so for me, she stood out nuts. The, 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 the woman that I referenced earlier about the Faustian bargain, mm. that, that the doctor who's actually performing the surgeries, who actually went through sexual reassignment and uh, knows in great detail all the complications and obviously, you know, and even talked about like, man, it's a deal with the devil you're cutting. I, I, I found her the most, or him, <laughs> the, the most wicked and vile person in the whole deal. Uh, I, I, I do want to be clear, and we're going to bring in uh, Delano and, and, and Dave Shannon here to, to talk more about this. I really did enjoy the documentary. And, and so this is a quibble or uh, uh, a suggestion on how I would have handled it. And, and the, the thing that caught me by surprise is I didn't expect to be as entertained by it mm. as, I, as I was. Matt's dry sense of humor, uh, he's pretty unflappable. <laughs> I mean, he stood, he stood there and interviewed a guy standing naked in the street right. in San Francisco. And I know they can edit and all that other stuff, but there's no way I would have been able to keep it together. Standing in the middle of the street in broad daylight, there's a man butt naked doing an interview with me. It, 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 and, and again, the fact that they didn't even dwell on that, it's just like, but it was just a little subtle message like, San Francisco is crazy. Bat shit crazy. Mm -hmm. People, because it wasn't just the guy standing in the street. Everybody moving around in the background was like, nothing to see here, nothing crazy going on. <laughs> There's a 60-year-old man, butt naked, middle of the daytime, being interviewed. And in San Francisco, that's normal. Right? I had to live in San Francisco for one year. It was insane. It was probably around 2015. And I told my company, I said, listen, you could like, you could double what you're paying me. I'm not living here again for another year because it was insane then. And it has gotten even worse every year. That is a normal day in mm. San Francisco. Wow. My daughter said, isn't that illegal? <laughs> <laughs> not in San Francisco. And it, it's, I got to be careful because ain't no telling who's watching, but I once for a year dated a woman from Northern California. Both her parents were doctors, but she grew up on some kind of Northern California commune. Mm. And she had some really silly philosophies uh, <laughs> and thoughts. So anyway, uh, I wanna tell you guys about a new sponsor, Nugenics. Feeling a little less like your old self? It's not your fault. As men age, our body naturally loses free testosterone. The man hormone, wouldn't it be nice to get that winner's edge again and that old swagger back in your step? Nugenics Total T Testosterone Booster with Testafin will help you turn back the clock, re-energize your workout, get you better results at the gym, and help you look and feel like the man you really wanna be. 
Nugenix Total Tea is the number one selling testosterone booster at GNC. Because Nugenix Total Tea boosts free testosterone that the aging process robs you of, you'll feel stronger, leaner, and more energy and drive and more passion too. Your partner will notice the difference. Nugenix Total Tea can help re-energize your life and help you get back the powerful, confident, and good-looking warrior you used to be, and I still am. Now get a complimentary bottle of Nugenix Total Tea when you text FEARLESS to 231-231. Text now and get a bottle of Nugenix Thermo, their most powerful fat incinerator ever with key ingredients to help you get back into shape fast. Absolutely free. Text FEARLESS to 231-231. Text FEARLESS to 231-231. Two, three, one. Mm. All right, Delano, X. All right, welcome back. Uh, time to get a little smarter on the show. We're gonna roll out to DC and uh, bring in Delano Squires. Uh, Delano, you're not going to help with the looks of the show, but we got that on lock over here in Nashville, so we don't need you. We don't mind you dirtying up the show with your looks. Uh, sure. Delano, uh, I know you uh, watched uh, What is a Woman at some point this weekend as well. I was just talking to uh, Jill and Shamika about uh, what some of our takeaways were from the show. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start you with a little softball and ask, ask the ladies to chime in as well. Uh, what did you find most compelling in the documentary? Hmm. That's a good question. Um, I, I think what I found most compelling was the juxtaposition between all of the amassed education, training, resources of the people he interviewed, you know, on college campuses, the medical professionals, so on and so forth, and the simple lifestyle of the Maasai tribesmen, and seeing how much wiser they were on this subject than all of the people who've gone to fancy institutions their entire life. Um, and it reminds me of that scripture where it says um, in the New Testament that, um, you know, man's wisdom is like foolishness to God, right? And that God traps man in his own craftiness. And and hearing those guys, you know, those, those tribesmen, as they're swatting away gnats and flies, laugh at all of the people in the West who think that a man can become a woman and a woman can become a man, I thought made for a powerful point and sort of, um, sort of a, 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 a visual contrast. So. I, I, I like that. To me, the most compelling aspect, you know, keep it simple, was the, the Scott Nugent, or I think his, Kelly maybe was his real name or whatever, uh, to hear him talk about all the complications and things he was going through and how his life was going to be cut short and how he, he birthed two kids that he was concerned about and he, he said, look, what did he say? They don't have the right to uh, chemically castrate or surgically change. The parents don't and, and the surgeons definitely don't. I thought that was probably the most compelling thing 
that, that I took away from the documentary? That was definitely touching. I liked that they had somebody who had actually gone through it to speak against it. So I appreciated that. I did the part that, that Delano was talking about, though. I did have a phew moment when they went to the motherland and they were not as nutty as we are here. So I was thinking, <laughs> I went back to my I'm black and I'm proud right there moment. <laughs> because I was like, yes, thank God those in the motherland don't agree with this foolishness that we see every day. So I appreciated that. I love that they laughed at him. Right. Yes. That is that is the quintessential. That's what we should do when you hear a man can become a woman. Is there have you ever seen a woman with a penis? And they went, what? Like, I'm going to tell you are, you. are you joking? I saw something hilarious and I'll, I'm sorry for cutting you off, but I saw something hilarious on Twitter where somebody, some liberal was arguing that Matt Walsh took advantage of those poor little Africans and to me, it just speaks everything about the left in terms of how they view black people. Uh, well, look at those idiots that Matt Walsh took advantage of, and they're not even aware. No, no, you're the actual idiots. And he went over there to, to show you just how stupid you are mm -hmm. to people that actually have survival and just feeding their kids or whatever, like real concerns. We're so soft over here in America mm -hmm. that we actually have time to argue this kind of foolishness. Absolutely. Yeah. I love that they also criticized Walsh because he only went to one tribe. Like, as this, <laughs> if this wasn't going to be universally just rejected across every tribe out there. Uh, I'm with you, though. My, my most impactful moment was Scott as well. So, and it was when he said, I'm 40, I was 42 when I did this. They got me at 42. Your children have no chance. Everybody's gone through junior high. Everybody's gone through high school. You all know at some point you have a feeling of not belonging, wanting more, wanting to be part of a group. And this is what the internet is telling you. If you just do this, everything will be fine. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, no, go ahead. I was going to say, I can remember being a little girl and I would stand in the mirror and I would cry because I felt like I was too black. My lips were mm. too big. My hair was too nappy. And I was a child. Imagine if my mother, instead of affirming me and telling me that I was beautiful just the way God created me, imagine if she had said, oh, she thinks she's too black. Let me help her bleach her skin. Oh, her lips are too big. Let me go and put her with a plastic surgeon and let him do surgery on her. Imagine if I had that kind of parent. When I grew up, these are things that I love about myself. I love my skin color. I love my lips. So what we are doing with these children is we are taking their insecurities and putting them with a the plastic surgeon when we're not even giving them a chance to grow up and mature and love those things about themselves that they think keep them from actually fitting in. I think that's horrible. And I appreciate my mom for telling me, no, you're fearfully and wonderfully made. 
There are good parents out there, and there are good parents that were featured in the documentary, that phone call with the dad in Canada. He is telling his child, you are enough. Right. The child is just not believing it from the parents because they want the rest of society to tell them and affirm that they are enough. And, and the way to get that affirmation from the masses now is to transition. Right. Delon, before I get back to you, I want to add because I just thought about this, another moment that I thought was really powerful was, and I don't remember who he said it to, but he had to explain to somebody like, hey man, you do realize little kids think that a fat white man hops in a sleigh and flies all over the world. You know, kids think a lot of silly, stupid things. Mm -hmm. And that, again, what, where I go back to, and Delano, I'll throw it back to you to talk about your column uh, today, which was tremendous. But this is, again, why I go to, this is satanic, because they're targeting little kids who everybody with a brain knows, like, when you're a kid, you think a lot of stupid stuff, mm -hmm. a lot from day to day to day to day to day. And so it's not abnormal. I, I can't say it happened to me, but I could see it happen to a lot of kids. Maybe I should be a girl. Maybe I, you know, blah. Who, who, and they're targeting the most confused and easily impressionable people on the planet. They got teachers in there, you know, preaching this garbage and making kids have to think about this stuff. But anyway, Delano, uh, I thought your column today which basically argued that America's problem is godless hedonism, not Christian nationalism. I thought it was tremendous. And, and Jason, it, it dovetailed nicely with not just your column, but the, the conversation that you were having with Shamika and Jill just now. Um, for me, I, I tend to agree with you in terms of um, whether Matt Walsh should have gone to someone from the clergy, right? Spent more time addressing this this issue from a religious perspective, because ultimately, the the question about what is a woman is a truth question, right? Like so, this to me, this this film was less about biology and transgenderism um, than it was about theology and the search for objective truth. And one of the things. And this is why I agree with you, Jason. One of the things that I've seen both from the LGBT camp and sort of the anti-racist equity warrior camp, the Ibram Kennys of the world, is that unlike Christians, they have no problem publicly evangelizing unbelievers, right? They don't, Ibram Kennedy doesn't just speak to people who believe what he believes. He takes his message to the NBA, to the NFL, to every level of government, to every church, to every mosque and synagogue. And he says uh, that racism is death, anti-racism is life. The same thing on the, on, the, on the gender side. You know, the people who push this stuff, they, they don't ask parents whether they agree that men can become women and, and vice versa. They just, they put it into Blue's Clues and Bubble Guppies, right? The shows that are geared towards very, very young children. They slip it into shows um, for adolescents. They put it in every movie and every commercial. Um, and and my, my thing is that Christians who believe that we have um, possession of the word of God and, and the objective, eternal truth passed down from the creator of the world are much, much, uh, less likely to share that truth than people who are peddling a false gospel. So, so what I wanted to do in my column was to say, look, 
it's not Christian nationalism that's the problem. It's, as you said, it's godless hedonism. It's the belief that there is no such thing as objective truth. And when you remove uh, truth as, a, as, again, as, a, as, a, as an objective sort of phenomenon, then whatever a person feels or believes becomes their truth, their reality. Um, and I think you could see how Matt Walsh sort of brought that out in some of the conversations he was having. Um, one of the th things that I th did think was interesting is when he asked uh, the college professor, he said, well, what if I tell you I was a black man? Would you, like, how would you respond to that? And, and that, that's one of the areas I go to all the time because one, I am a black man. And two, it forces them to uh, approach their worldview in a logically consistent manner. And you know they will not do this. If, if, Leah, if the issue with Leah Thomas was less about, was not about men in the women's swimming pool, and it was about white guys taking scholarships from black kids, we would have a very, very different uh, national conversation going on. Um, and, and that just goes to show how logically inconsistent you know, this, this worldview is. And, and that's one of the things I tried to bring out in my column. And I'll say this one last piece. I also tried to draw a straight line because again, we're talking about truth, we're talking about God, between biological evolution, political revolution, and cultural devolution, right? So when you start from the position that there is no God, there is no creator, there is no objective uh, standard of morality, then human flourishing becomes less about uh, spiritual transformation and more about who is in place, particularly in institutions of power and government, to satisfy the needs of the people. And when you remove objective morality, as I said, you get to the point where whatever a person feels and believes is their truth, is their reality, and, and cannot be contradicted by the outside world. And now what you end up with, and I think we're, we're in the sort of terminal velocity stage of this, is now you have an entire political movement that is in a death spiral. So instead of God saying, to Adam and Eve, be fruitful and multiply, what you get from political progressives is be fruitless and destroy. So their approach to marriage, two men, two women, can't reproduce. Their approach to abortion, you, you kill off a, a significant portion of your offspring before they make it here. Their, their, their approach to adolescent transgenderism, gender confusion, uh, social, medicinal, and surgical transformation. All of these things bring death. None of them bring life. And I think that that was sort of what I got out of this documentary more than anything. And so he just brought up the other aspect in terms of why I, I say the religious, the God-based argument had to be made is is you guys are like aware that this whole Christian nationalism thing that the media keeps talking about and putting in our in our face again th this is the demonization of Christianity and one of the things I said to Matt Walsh yesterday is like I think one of the mistakes we're making is we think leftists or progressives fear us I don't think they do I think they fear God and that's why their attacks are consistently on anything God prescribed, biblically consistent. They, they, fear Christi they fear Christ and Christians, not us, not conservatives, not Republicans. They, for, to me, 
they have no respect for Republicans. They, they know political people will bow to politics, mm -hmm. whatever will get them a vote. And so uh, the, the, you know, and I say it in the, in the piece, but th these, if, if, and Bill Maher pointed it out, uh, how these generations keep more and more of them keep identifying as LGBTQ. And, and when that, that number's now all the way up to 20% with this little latest generation. And that's going to have incredible political impact. And mm -hmm. Republicans will bow to that constituency and hop on board with that. And th that's, again, that's, I, I don't trust politics or politicians. They don't, they don't stand on truth. They stand on politics and what will get them elected. And so that's where, in addition to, it needed to be addressed because I look at this whole Christian nationalism. I don't even understand it, how they just got, like, if you love America, or if you love God and love America, somehow we've made that evil. And, 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 and I even say it, particularly to, to black friends of mine that, that, that wanna pretend like we got a bad deal. And I say to them all the time, they got a bad deal. Kunta Kinte got a bad deal. I did not, thank God I didn't get dealt that hand. I got dealt a very good hand. And, you know, 67, my grandmother, she got a bad deal. But she survived some things, and my grandfather survived some things, so that I would get dealt, dealt a much better hand. But, but we all love, we, we're running around acting like, and again, I'm 55. I did not get dealt a bad hand, and I grew up poor. Very poor, but I didn't get a bad hand. I had two good parents that loved me and extended family and some coaches and people like that that loved me and, you know, I got dealt a great hand and, and you know, made it better. Uh, so Delano has now agreed with me and it's now 2-2. Two -two. Uh, <laughs> and we'll let Dave Shannon break the tie. Unless you got, can, can, any, you got a response to anything Delano said here that his agreement with me? And, uh, so, Delano, <laughs> so I agree that we have to hold Christians accountable. I just don't think with the people that he was talking to, had he brought up God in the conversation or try, I felt like they could have uh, just easily oh, they disregarded yeah. the, mm -hmm. the whole topic or whole conversation because they don't believe. And so I agree with you in that we need to hold Christians and pastors accountable. I just, I'm not the type of person that's gonna have a conversation with somebody about my faith when they have zero. It's gonna come out in my conversation because of who I am. These words have I hid in my heart, but right. I'm not gonna be deliberately trying to have this conversation with them because I just feel like it'll fall on bad ground and it won't grow. The weeds will choke it, so, you know. So. Go ahead, D. So, yeah, so I, I, I think that's a, that's a great point, Shamika. But here's, here's how I'll respond to that, right? I think he could have even, even if he said, okay, I'm gonna make this particular part of the film directed towards Christians, right? And, and this is part of what we do, you know, on the show, and you know this, right? So some of the, the conversations we'll have that where there's an intersection of of faith and race and politics actually are directed towards Christians. The article I wrote the other day about the black church and abortion is, is exactly the type of point that I'm trying to make where 
it's unfortunate that for many Christians who believe sort of in biblical sexual ethics, they'd not only have to look out for, you know, secular atheists who, who want to do them harm. They have to look out for other self-professed believers who have a Bible in their left hand and a knife in their right hand. So I'm, I'm talking about people who look like me, who go to churches, who say that I believe the Bible, but when they hear me or Jason or you or Matt Walsh or whoever make a clear stand and clearly affirm what the scripture says about, about life and marriage and sex and sexuality, their, their visceral response is to say, well, I don't wanna be associated with that. That's hateful. Um, that's homophobic. That's transphobic. You're, you're trying to, um, to further marginalize the most oppressed members of, of the community. So what they'll do is they will say quietly, yeah, I believe what the Bible says, but what they say loudly is, I don't want to be associated with that. Um, that type of conversation, those type of words, the use of terms like, you know, mutilation and sterilization to talk about transgenderism uh, springs from white supremacy and whiteness. So they try to put distance there because, and this goes back to Jason's point on Christian nationalism, the, the unspoken part of Christian nationalism is the white part. It's really about white conservative evangelicals. And so what I'm saying is there are certain believers, black, white, Chinese, and candy stripe, who would rather throw their lot in with the pro-LGBTQ flag-raising crowd than to get within 10 miles of a conservative evangelical. So that's so, so to me, it, it would have it been helpful in terms of um, bringing this issue, uh, approaching it from a, a theological perspective for an unbelieving audience. But really what it also would do is help shore up our rear guard because there are a lot of people who I know they would rather do anything than be associated with what they see as the Trump voters, right? The, the white nationalists, mm -hmm. the white Christian nationalists. And, and I think that, that part needs to come out as well. Yeah, and those are the people I do have an issue with. I have an issue with anybody who professed Christianity, but I can't see it in the way that you live. So I do think that we have to start holding Christians accountable and have the conversation that we're weak. Uh, you know, people that claim they believe something but don't stand by it is weak because even the mm. scripture says, he that saith, I know him, but keepeth not my commandments is a liar and the truth ain't in him. So I mm -hmm. think those that claim they know God and have a relationship with, we ought to see that. And you shouldn't have an issue saying this is what I believe and walking away from it, shaking the dust off your feet. If people receive it, they do. If they don't, you don't have to deny it simply because they don't believe it. I, I, I'm sorry, Jill, yep. but I wanted to, Delano, I was having this conversation uh, yesterday over Twitter with, uh, and I'm, I hope I don't butcher Megan's last name, Megan Bosham. She works for the uh, Daily Wire. We were having this exact conversation about, uh, and this is why I included at the end about like, hold on man, we've allowed our religious leaders to uh, make political allies and not spiritual allies. Mm -hmm. And it's all out of this fear of, oh, I, I can't be connected to Trump voters. I, I gotta make this moral, ethical stance. I gotta, but 
on every other issue, mm -hmm. abortion to uh, the trans issues and all that, you're willing to stand right there toe to toe. They're your allies and blah, blah, blah. But oh my God, a Trump supporter and, <laughs> and, and you know, you're the worst person on the planet and, yep. and it, I've, I've argued uh, for years that part of the Democratic strategy is, is like a deal they're cutting with black and white people. Black people become a Democrat so no one calls you an Uncle Tom. White people become a Democrat so no one can call you racist. <laughs> and I don't even know your politics, Jill. I would assume that you're on the show <laughs> what they are. You but, can guess. Yeah. And, and so do you ever, and again, you work in the athletic, you worked yeah. in the athletic world where a lot of these athletes are wearing their wokeness on their sleeve. Did you ever fear that like your politics could get athletes to get crossways with you or I, I don't know. Because I look at all these coaches that are lying. Like Nick Saban, I think is lying, pretending to be woke. I'm not buying a football coach, but anyway. No, I'm not. I'm not buying it either. But right. what Nick Saban knows is that the athletes that he are, he is recruiting yes. believe it. So Nick Saban, hey, he's like, I I will do whatever I have to do to get that five star to sign with me. Uh, in terms of my political views and being in the sports profession as a reporter and host, I couldn't ever say what I believed. I knew that if I came out and said the things that I felt was right. I wouldn't have a job. Um, and and it's, it's so funny to me that th these are the issues that we're sitting here talking about that the LBGTQ community was like, oh, we were the ones that were oppressed. We had to be in the closet. It's reversed now. Mm -hmm. They have put us into a place where if you mm -hmm. speak out, you will be punished. They even said that in the film and the Leah Thomas mm -hmm. uh, teammates that spoke out said, if we said anything publicly, we were going to be attacked. They will be able to look up your name forever and forever you will be known as transphobic. And that is the scariest thing to this generation of kids coming into adulthood right now is to be labeled as transphobic. They, they can't reckon this worldview that we all know with what they're, what they're being told by their peers right now. They, they are more scared of upsetting the people that are there in the classroom sitting next to them than to look at worldly views and truth and, and seek that at this point in time. And so, Jill, not to put you on the spot, but I just want to, because you're young, you're transitioning where people are learning your political not world. To, not to male, just, in, just from sports <laughs> to politics, yeah, sports. just to make that clear. <laughs> yeah, because, uh, the subject of the show, Jason, here yeah. we go. Uh, but you've probably done the calculus of yeah. like, hey, this eliminates a yep. lot of jobs for me. Without a doubt. It, it, you know, the corporate media thing is off the table. It's, it's the burden the ships, you can't go back, you have to just go forward. And for me, when I, when I came to this conclusion, does it matter? Like I love, I love college football more than anything, but am I just gonna be sitting around and talking about college football while our world is burning all around us? It, it doesn't make a difference at the end of the day. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Delano, I argue at the end of my deal that Christian ministers have cut their own Faustian bargain. They made yeah. a deal with the devil. And, and I, your thoughts on that? 
I mean, m many of them have, right? Uh, th there are some faithful uh, Christian ministers, a lot of good brothers that I know. Um, you know, we've, we've had you know, Vody Bakum on the show, um, a, lot of, a lot of brothers in, in that camp who stand unapologetically on God's word as it relates to um, biblical sexual ethics, right? But the mainstream, the mainline denominations, I mean, they've been gone for a long time. And, and a lot of other um, believers, ministers, pastors, who in the name of sort of racial justice, you know, quiet themselves when it comes to these issues of sex and sexuality, are, are gonna have a difficult time remaining on the sidelines, right? And for these people, they, they told themselves, okay, we have to do whatever we can to, to make you know gay people, lesbians, whoever, feel comfortable. So they said, we're, we're gonna bend over backwards for their comfort. Not realizing at all in that entire time, that particular, the, the Rainbow Coalition has them bent over forwards. And they have no, they have no uh, interest in, in Christian comfort at all. And they'll say, look, we're gonna put it in your face. We're gonna do dr uh, drag queen story hour in your libraries. Then we're gonna move it to your schools. Then we're gonna move it to adult clubs in Texas, right? In the middle of the night where it has, uh, as a backdrop, a big neon sign that says, it's not gonna lick itself, all right? And you have the, the, the drag queens coming up and down the runway and, and, and doing splits in front of the kids with, with no issue. They, they have no regard for Christian comfort or even you know the comfort of, of unbelievers. And these are people who, yes, have, have made that bargain um, and now are, are reaping sort of the fruit that they've been sowing for, for such a long time. So I, I think, Jason, I'm sure you saw the stuff with the Tampa Bay uh, Devil Rays, Tampa Bay Rays, where some of their athletes decided not to to bend the knee, not to wear the flag. The Carolina Panthers announced that they have their first transgender cheerleader. So what, what you see, even in the last 10 years, right? If we just look since, since um, uh, Obergefell and, and sort of same-sex marriage was legalized nationwide, you have a lightning speed march through every institution as it relates to all manner of issue regarding the LGBT community. And, and I would argue, and I'm, I'm not trying to be overly provocative, but I would argue that the United States of America is officially a gay nation. Now, a lot of us would mm -hmm. say we, we used to be a Christian nation, but if we're really being honest, June is all year round. Because the stuff that we see in June, the queer beer and the events for the LGBT and, and the rainbow colored flags all over social media, we see those things all year round. They, they are the most favored, sort of protected minority class. Black folk, once again, are at the back of the bus looking to, to see whatever, what's, the, you know, what's, what's going on in the front. And, and I would make that argument easily that the fact that, that, that the rainbow flag flies from embassies uh, across, this across the world at any different given time of year, um, I, I think I would say that, yeah, America has been thoroughly queered, and it's just a matter of who's willing to step up to, to fight back against that. Man, you've said a mouthful there, and you've given me pause and, and, and made me think. Uh, I, I don't think I can argue with that assertion. I, 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 
the the thing that because I was going to end it by asking all everybody, but starting with you, Delano, is mm-hmm. at one point you said, "Do you think we're in a death th- that the left is in a death spiral?" Yes. Uh, and so I'm just wondering if if are we is there anything to be hopeful about, or do we just continue down this path? And to me, I'm not that hopeful. I think we continue down this path because. I, I think for, particularly, you know, I'll say it, and I hope I, I hope this isn't an inappropriate thing to, for me to say, but it's like I thank God I'm not white, because or a white kid, because if I was a white boy, 12 years old or whatever, they're looking for an escape route, so that they don't get accused of being the worst human on the planet. And the escape route that's being offered to them is, oh, you ain't got to be a white boy. You can be transgender. You can be gay. We got a little minority group for you as well. You can be one of the cool kids. Just opt out of being a, a white man and gay, trans, whatever, bisexual. Come up with one of these aggrieved groups and you now get to join the cool kids and you get favored nation status. And you know, second in line for that is the heterosexual black boy Mm-hmm. Uh, he's going to have to opt out if he wants to get ahead in this society. Uh, and, and, you know, other than this show and a few other parts, I don't even know who's talking about it. I, I, so do we feel optimistic or do we, you know, has the What is a Woman documentary, is it giving us any, a ray of hope or? That documentary didn't give me hope. Mm. I, I thought it was entertaining and I thought it was good, but that's not where my hope comes from. Mm. I would say this scripture, 2 Chronicles 7 and 14, if my people which are called by my name shall humble Mm -hmm. themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and will heal their land. So I do think if if people that call themselves disciples of Christ will come Mm. together and begin to actually pray and repent and live the way they're supposed to, um, we can heal the land. Um, so that's where my hope is, but my hope was, was not in the documentary, but that's the reason that I get up every day. Yeah, as Christians, you are called to be hopeful. It's really hard to do in reality because you look and see the left death spiral and, and the children that are being out there participating in drag shows. There are so many things time after time after time that you just get beaten over the head with in the news. But when I look at this documentary, it does give me a little bit of hope because you have to call out evil when you see it. And Mm -hmm. while they aren't doing it on a Christian level, they are still calling out evil when, when they see it. You have to question the narrative. So many of these people in this film, you can tell, are not confronted on a daily basis about what they believe in. And we're really taken aback, like, wait, why are you asking? Why are you asking me these questions? I don't understand why you would even question this. So that to me is the first step. It's not the final step, but that Venn diagram of who is going to be Christian and who this movie is 
specifically targeting in the, the trans community, there's not a lot of overlap there right now. So you have to meet them where they are and hope that they take that first step into questioning the overall narrative so they can get on to the Christian, the Christian path. Delano, you got any hope? I, absolutely. I, I, I love the scripture that Shamika read. Um, and and that, that is the source of, of my hope, right? Sort of the, the, the knowledge that um, in due time and in God's time, this, this war has already been won. Now we're fighting the battles now, and a lot of times it feels inconvenient to have to go through a fight, but all throughout the scriptures, the, the, the prophets and um, the disciples, you know, the, the men who wrote the epistles, all of them had enemies. Um, and the knowledge that they had enemies made them turn to God as their ultimate source of strength. So I, I have hope. And, and Jason, even since, you know, we're coming up on a year on this show, and I, I just, I, I'm starting to see the battlefield more, more clearly now, and, and I engage it as a happy warrior, right? I'm not, I'm not ignorant to the things that are out there, but it's good to see people who are getting up off the couch, who are engaging in some of these things. Everybody's not gonna be on a podcast or a show, but the fact that there are parents who are starting to say, not just, um, hey, school board, I don't want these books in our library, but also, you know what, school? Let's go a step further. Our kids are not coming back to this, to this schoolhouse. If y'all wanna teach us crap, do it to an empty classroom. We're going to train our children and raise them up in the things that we believe, the values that we affirm. Those are all reasons uh, to, to have hope. And, and while I believe that this is you know, a death spiral, and Jason, you remember one of my first rants was against Michael Strahan and him having a, a drag kid, Desmond is Amazing, on Good Morning America. That was back in 2018. So this stuff is not new. The, the left has been tenderizing us for a long time. It's just they understand that they've they've captured, um, you know, much of the of the country, and have literally planted their flag. And uh, I, I think it's up to us to respond to that. But yes, I I do have hope, and in the fullness of time, I fully believe that all the things that God said that He will do will come to pass. Thank you, Delano. Uh, great Thank job. You, Get your fearless army swag at shopblazemedia.com slash fearless. Uh, Dave Shannon, the Idaho potato. Eric. roll out to Idaho and bring in uh, our main man, Chocolate Knox, Dave Shannon, uh, the Idaho potato. Uh, Dave, welcome back to the show. Uh, as you can see, the show's awesome today. Uh, it looks so much better because I look so good. Yes, it is. Uh, and it, it sounds better because I sound so good. Uh, Shamika and Jill are helping out as well. Uh, <laughs> on a serious note, hopefully you've, you've followed our conversation. You know you got the deciding vote here on, you know, whether I'm right or these two ladies are right that, you know, my critic, I think he erred by not including more of a biblical perspective in the What is a Woman uh, documentary. Uh, Delano agrees with me. 
Uh, I'm sure you do as well, being a man and all. But uh, I'll ask anyway. Who, who's right? Who's wrong here? I usually give all the wisdom to women because in the Bible, wisdom is a woman. But in this case, I have to say, I agree with you, Jason and Delano. Shmika, don't shoot me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the things that I spend most of my time doing <laughs> is reminding people that the public square itself is not neutral, Jason. It is not a neutral public square. And when I watched the film and the documentary, one of the things that I noticed was that it wasn't that God wasn't allowed to speak. It was God was allowed to speak. And the God of the seculars were allowed to speak a lot more than the God of the Bible. And that was the biggest problem. The left has convinced us that we need to make sure that we put down our religious principles as it relates to moralities, but they can have all of their religious principles that they can bear on the whole conversation. But if you start talking religion, you got to put that down and you got to bring to the table some sort of neutrality or some sort of morality without religion, but they're not bringing any morality without religion. You know, you got So I always want to remind people the foundations of truth. God made the world. He spoke it into existence. Everything in the universe is made by words. Human beings are walking words. We're human beings made by God's word himself. So if we want to fix the problem of human beings, we have to bring the tool that created the human beings, the word of God itself. So it's going to be really hard to fix the problem without bringing to bear the very thing that created human beings. Mm. Uh, great. Love it. I knew I was right. Uh, <laughs> uh, Dave, I've also argued uh, today that the real people that needed to be in the crosshairs were the ministers. They need to be shamed, embarrassed, and ridiculed as a way of forcing them to do their jobs. Because I think and you know, this show and, and why it has such a pronounced biblical perspective is because ministers have fallen down and aren't doing their jobs. And so I'm trying to use this show and use you and Delano and Shemekin to stand in the gap. We got to call out the clergy. And that that's what I wanted to see in this documentary. Yeah, Jason, I couldn't agree with you more. Um, when Jesus rose from the dead, one of the things that he said to his disciples was go make disciples baptizing and teaching them to obey everything that I've commanded you. The people who have been given the tool and responsibility to train the world according to what Jesus <clears throat> has said have been ministers. And the, the fault lies directly with the men at the end of the day because they have been given that charge. How are people going to hear except they have someone who's sent with the word of God to teach them? And the very people who are supposed to remind folks that the public square is not neutral and that God made the world are ministers. But we bought into this other reality of being liked and being um, a, a, a popular in the secularists. We forget that ministers are made to follow the very walk that Jesus had that you die for the truth if you have to. But you're not afraid of death because you believe in resurrection. But ministers don't believe in the very gospel that they say they believe in, Jason. And that's one of the biggest problems that we have right now and why things are absolutely running rampant. I put on my tinfoil hat and, and basically argued my conspiracy theory that atheists want to eradicate America's remaining biblical principles. 
I don't think it's a conspiracy theory. I think it's what's going on. Uh, how do you see it? <laughs> I, I think atheists, if they want to eradicate it, they're probably following the lead of the ministers. <laughs> I think ministers, I go back to uh, Romans one sixteen. Um, Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. The atheists are only following the lead of the cult itself. The cult is developed from a culture. The culture in America has always been the church. So the ministers are the ones who are leading the way and the one to eradicate Christianity because they are ashamed of the beauty of the gospel. And they're ashamed of, I've talked about this before. It's it's a scandal of the gospel too, Jason. I mean, when you have to account for everybody's trying to talk about morality, but when you have to account for how Christians or other people have to forgive people who sinned against them, oh, how do you explain that? Because we want blood, but we just don't want the blood of Jesus. And when ministers have to say, no, 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 Jesus died for sin, therefore you can forgive people who sinned against you. That scandalizes everything of the postmodern movement, everything of the LGBTQ movement, because those are hurt folks who want justice and want blood. And so they're acting out in a certain type of way to get it and making everybody trying to um, embrace their ideology and worldview as a way of, uh, of getting their blood, of getting their justice, of getting uh, their form of sacrifice. But the gospel fix all of that. But when you have to communicate that to people, you look like a fool sometimes. That's what Paul said. I'm not ashamed of this. And so when we've given up that standard, it's easy for atheists to come in here and then to say, oh, yeah, well, we're just going to push what you accept and believe just a little further. That's what happens when the cult of the culture has fallen apart. I wonder, Shamika and Jill, I, I haven't asked y'all about my argument at the end of my fire starter and column that basically, like, the biblical principles, the last remain that that is the agenda that the left is executing, it, and it's why they keep demonizing the Constitution, demonizing the founding fathers, and there's this argument that's made is like, well, well, they own slaves, so their founding documents are no good, and it, it's it's I don't buy that argument, and and because one I, I've got you know, 200 years of history that says, you know what, these guys were flawed, but man, these documents they put together are really good and they've worked and they've improved America. And again, Kunta Kinte got a bad deal. Frederick Douglass got a bad deal. Jason Whitlock got a good deal and it's because of these founding documents. And so I don't want those biblical principles erased. I don't think that uh, Al Sharpton or Joy Reid or uh, what's the guy, Eli Mistal that's on with the crazy hair that's on. I don't think they can write better founding documents than the ones that we have. I totally agree with you. Um, one of the things that I was listening to, to you and Dave both say is how the, the ministers are ashamed. And I'm going to keep going back to that because, as you know, I am, I always say I'm a former ordained minister. And it was very important to me when I knew 
like I was tired or I just wasn't into it anymore to not be still walking around saying, oh, I'm an ordained minister in, in an effort to kind of lift myself up above other people. And one of the things is my pet peeve when I hear people claiming to be a minister or claiming to to be a disciple of Christ, not actually sticking to the word and being um lukewarm. There's a scripture in Revelations where he says, you know, um, thou are not, you're not cold or hot. You know, I wish that you were cold or hot, but because you are lukewarm, I spew thee out of my mouth. I don't like lukewarm, period. And so for me, it was like, okay, I'm just going to be cold then because I don't want to be lukewarm and I'm tired of being hot because no one really seems to be hot with me. Like, no, they're not, they, they're afraid to really be hot and say what needs to be said. And I do believe that fearless is pulling me back to, to that side of being hot. And I, I want us to realize as, as people, not everybody has that on them. So I might get in trouble for saying this. Maybe Matt was supposed to plant the seed somebody else may need to come and water it so that God can give the increase. Maybe you can do a documentary where you actually talk to pastors and ministers and Christians and have, take the conversation further and into that, that area. Because I think that not every, you, you know, you remember the movie, you got the juice or juice, you know, and they were saying who got the juice. Maybe Matt don't have the juice in that area. Maybe Jason Whitlock has the juice or Dave Shannon or Delano Squires and we need to do, y'all need to do <laughs> a, a documentary and take the conversation further because some plant, some water and God brings the increase. Mm, that's good and that's literally what I'm trying to do this week. I'm I love the documentary, and that's why we're gonna spend most of this week, including Matt Walsh is gonna be on the show uh, this week, and I'm definitely gonna bring it up Wednesday. That's gonna be our whole conversation with Anthony and Bobby on Wednesday. Probably, maybe you can get into a little bit tomorrow, but go, go ahead, Jill. I love that as an idea because What as a Woman was only 90 minutes long, right? This is going to continue, like you're saying, the conversation for an entire week. I might have disagreed with you on the what is a woman and, and just the premise of it should have been this or that, but I will fully stand behind you and saying that the ministers need to be shamed because that's a whole different thing, right? When you look at what they've been doing over the last you know decades now, but mm -hmm. specifically going into COVID and saying, oh, okay, cool. We'll let the government right. tell us mm -hmm. what we can and cannot do. No. No, you do not have to sit down and, and listen to what the government is telling you to do. And, and I don't know if you're familiar with the book, The 5,000 Year Leap, but I love it because it says that, you know, our rights come from God. We have capitalism. There is self-determination. And America was able to make these leaps that we have never seen before in human history because we brought everything together at once. But it comes from being a nation founded under God and, and how unique this nation truly is because of all this. But, but if we don't have the faith, the church behind these messages, 
it's not going to continue. It's going to stop right here. And we see where this is all leading. Dave, I, I want to end on this note, and then I want you guys to uh, follow up. Can Shamika's given us a, a great segue. Uh, overall, would you have to say the Daily Wire is making progress uh, in the culture war? And, and I bring that up because they're not done here. Uh, Candace Owens has a documentary coming out this month on the biggest lie ever told. And it looks like she's going to be going after the Black Lives Matter lie and the whole George Floyd, St. George Floyd thing. They, this is where, I, again, I, they don't have a bigger supporter and fan than me because they are engaging in the culture war. And so I'm just, do you think they're making progress? Yeah, you know, Jason, I've been watching and I'm, I, this is a tough question for me. Here, here's what I want to say. It's hard to build a culture. It's hard to fight against a culture war without a culture. Um, <laughs> Jesus said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. He's the one who's designed the whole world and the culture itself. And if you're not pushing that at the end of the day, then I don't know what kind of culture you're going to build. So I'm a little concerned. But I will say this. I find them to be good partners up until a certain point. I watched a film uh, with my daughter and uh, – and I said, you know, she was watching it with me and I was like, babe, you know, Matt Walsh, you know, he's doing a great job explaining some of the realities of the insanity of the other side. And, so, and he's a Catholic. And her response was, well, that'll do for now. You know, <laughs> we are so deep in it. We are so messed up in the situation that right now to have somebody just at least push back is really good to have. But when we come to the point where we actually have to start making a culture that's where we're going to start realizing that we have some problems because there's only one way to make a good culture for secularists and for religious folks alike, and that's only through Jesus Christ. So I'm watching to see where they go with this, but I'm hoping that they decide to take a play out of your book and say, without the gospel, without Christ, we don't have a culture for all men and all people. I want to see that kind of standard moving forward from them. Mm. All right, Dave, I'm going to let you go. Thank you so much. Uh, all right, Daily Wire, are they making progress? I don't think they got the juice. I think they're doing exactly what they're supposed to do, which is starting the conversation, but I, I don't think it sits with them. I don't see the anointing over there. I, I agree with you, but I want you to elaborate to see if I fully agree with you. When I think about uh, Christianity and people just in the fight and fighting a Christian fight, and when I say like our weapons are, um, of warfare are not carnal, I see that with the blaze. And so when it comes to bringing in the culture of God and bringing in Christianity and talking about Jesus, I see that more uh, at the blaze. I don't really see that at Daily Wire. And that's not to say that they're wrong or that they aren't making progress. I believe that they are because listen, we're all talking about this, what is a woman? But I, I don't look at to them for Christianity or food, baby food. They're on milk. That's the way it is. The Daily Wire is like milk. Blaze is like solid food. So you first you start off as a baby with milk until you can actually eat and digest solid food. And that's how I see the Daily Wire as milk. 
the blaze to me and other people have to, once people are ready, give you that solid food because milk is not gonna sustain me at the age that I am now. So eventually you have to grow up and be ready for something other than milk. And so that's what I mean. Yeah, Daily Wire might not be completely centered in a Christian worldview and, and trying to push that out, but it's funny that you say baby food and kids, because I think that one of the things that they're they're about to start is they're putting $100 million into children's programming, right? We look at the Disney characters and Nickelodeon and everything that they're putting out, and that, that is trash, right? Like, complete garbage. What can kids watch? I think that effort should be applauded when, when we see the product, and, and I, I hope that it turns out to be good, but honestly, it, it can't be any worse than Disney <laughs> is right now. So I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and give them bonus points for that. But not everybody is going to be able to come to this from our worldview. We need people, and, and you know, some people are going to like Glenn Beck. Some people are going to like Jason Whitlock. Some people are going to like Ben Shapiro. Get them on board and then let them figure out Right. Who, who they like the best from there. So I'm, I'm still a, a supporter over there of, of what they're doing at the Daily Wire. It might not have the same feel that the Blaze does, but that's on purpose. Right. I, I, would, I would say that I get where you're coming from, Shamika, obviously by my cr criticism of the documentary, but I, I gotta say, like, Matt Walsh, I can authentically say he's somewhat, he feels like a hero to me. And, and, and that's even before this documentary. If you've seen what I've tweeted about Matt Walsh over the past year and a half, that guy inspires me because uh, I see him doing a lot of really brave things that I would sit there and go, man, if I had a wife and kids, would I be out there like that? It's very, you know, yeah. I got no wife, no kids. It's easy for me to pull out a shotgun and say, all right, I'm, a, I'm going Rambo, because, you know, if I get smoked, who cares? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and so it, it's just, I, I, what the guy is doing, including this documentary, and, and look, this is not some gimmick that I'm doing today or this week in terms of his content is interesting to me and is making me write columns like I did today, do fire starters like I did today, engage in conversations. And so, uh, you know, it, it's funny. Now, trust me, I wanted them to include a biblical point of view in addition to what they did. But I, I got to, they're in the war. Yeah. And I don't see everybody else in the war. I don't see everybody else with the current. And they're, by engaging in the war, they're gonna force others to join in mm -hmm. and to mimic their level of courage. And so, uh, you know, what they're doing is like Jeremy Boring, he came out with uh, something a month or two ago where he basically started arguing. When he did the Jeremy Razors thing, they started running a little commercial or ad on their site to say, uh, the only way to change culture is to create it or something like that. And, and so uh, I believe in that and, and they're doing it and it's inspiring me. And so it's, you just never know who God will use to uh, provoke someone else. And I, I agree with you in terms of like, you know, 
we got to, and that's why this week I am trying to run with the ball of trying, he's done something to start a conversation. I'm going to invite people to come watch this show and get a more biblical take on it and, and try to connect all the dots uh, to, the, to the documentary. And so uh, we just did a good job. I would have, without the documentary, you and Jill wouldn't be here in studio together with me today. So it's, all, it's working. Right. And then I think, did he just make it us right at the yeah, end? Yeah, that's what I was I, thinking. I think so. Yeah. I made. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm still right. Uh, all right, we have an approval rating that uh, we're going to do on Matt Walsh. Let's do that. Uh, Jill, because you're new, I'm going to explain the approval rating game. Although we've already explained it to you, but uh, we got four categories. Everybody, each category scored on a zero to twenty-five basis. Uh, 25 being the highest, zero being the lowest. Uh, the, the categories are job performance, character, authenticity, and it factor. Uh, we add the four scores up to come up with your approval score. Uh, and so uh, we'll start here with Matt Walsh and job performance. He's a public intellectual uh, and, and opinionist and commentator. Uh, I give him a 24 in job performance. And the only reason why I didn't give him a 25 is because I think I'm better than him, and so I got to leave a little room for. Uh... <laughs> so anyway, 24 out of 25 in job performance. I gave him a 24 only because I feel like no one is perfect, so I left some room for growth. Have you not watched this show? I How can get... you say that having watched know. this show? Didn't you watch today's show? I did. I wasn't perfect. No. Oh. Man. And I love you. <laughs> <laughs> I gave him a 23 only because I just didn't want to come out of the gate as a Matt Walsh super fan right away. So I said, all right, again, room for improvement. But had I, had I looked at yours, I probably would have given yeah. him a 24. I just didn't want to come out super strong. I'm a super fan. I'm a Matt yeah. Walsh super fan. Yeah. Uh, character, I, I, he has so much more character than me. And I say that again, just he's got the wife and kids, and this dude is out there, guns are blazing, going for it. Uh, very high character. So I gave him a 24. I gave him a 24 as well. Um, I just feel when I watched that, of course, he wasn't talking a lot about God or Christianity, but I saw Christ. And I think that's what's important to me is for you to see the fruit and just the way he talked, the way he dealt with people, even the naked man in San Francisco. Like I, those were attributes of Christ to me, the patience. And, you know, because you got to be long suffering to deal with some of that that he endured. So I thought character, I should have given him a 25. But again, no one's perfect. I gave him a 24 as well. When you look at it throughout that documentary, throughout the books that he's written, obviously his show that he has, um, it's, it's very easy to see that he is believing what he's doing. He, he is fully engaged in this and he is relentless in this fight. Uh, so he's off to a great start here. Uh, authenticity. Uh, this is where I, I, I dropped down a little bit because He's a devout Catholic uh, and wasn't in the documentary. He's, you know, he's, I, I've seen him previously call out the clergy and things like that. Wasn't in the documentary. So I gave him a 20 in authenticity. I thought he could have been a bit more authentic in the doc. 
and I gave him a 24 Holy for authenticity. Cow. Yeah, just because I believe that he's a genuine person. From the things that I see from him, he seems very real and genuine to, to me. And I think that, you know, God gave some pastors, some apostles, some evangelists, some teachers. Matt is like a teacher. And so for me, I, I thought authentic. Mm. Very authentic. I went all in. I went 25 on this one because <laughs> Matt cow. Walsh is Matt Walsh is Matt Walsh. You are not going to break him. And it's funny that you say teacher because he really does remind me of my government and history teacher from high school with that dry sense of humor. And he was my favorite teacher that I ever had. Mm -hmm. So I think that that kind of plays over into how I feel about Matt because it, it's you're not going to get a different version of him ever. That's it. Mm. All right. Uh, it factor. I couldn't go very high on this. He, he dresses kind of flumpily, untucked. He dresses like me. I don't you know, he, he, he's he's like six foot two, 190 pounds, but he dresses like a fat guy. Uh, and so I'm not going to be high on the it factor here. I gave him a 10. And it factor, and plus the beard, I can't. Anyway, it factor 10. And see, Jason, I think men with beards deserve steak. So I gave him a 20. <laughs> I, I, and I actually looked at this documentary, and this is no lie, and I said, what would he look like without a beard? And I was thinking to myself, Keep the beard. It definitely <laughs> gives you that little edge. So I gave him a 20. <laughs> Once again, we agree the beard actually gives him more yes. points than it would take away. I gave him an 18. Uh, you know, when I think of it factor, going back to the sports, I think of Michael Jordan, right? Like you're it. Whatever it is, you have it. Matt Walsh, again, I, I think of him as my government teacher. That's not it, but it's still pretty it good. Sounds like you're a little too high on it factor 18. Uh, both of you guys got <laughs> Matt Walsh. It's the beard. At blazing hot, 92 and 90. I got him as a smoke show, 78. Uh, that's tomorrow, speaking of smoke shows. That's tomorrow. That means we'll see you tomorrow. Great job, ladies. I just want, I wanna be, I just want, I wanna be.